0: This is The Boys Podcast from TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about The Boys Season 3, Episode 3, Barbary Coast.
1: Whatever this weapon is, it probably won't work on Homelander. And what if it does? Even worse, because it wouldn't end with him. You go after another suit, then another, then all of them. If you'd have told me about this sooner, Homelander might already be dead. Ryan wouldn't be running from one
2: safe house to the next, wondering when his dad's going to drop out of the sky. And Becca, Becca might still be alive.
0: Welcome back, fellow boys and girls, to the boys' podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're on to the third episode of the uh, the premiere pack, I guess we'll call them. Uh, episode three of season three of the boys' Barbary Coast. I'm one of your hosts, Derek.
2: And I am Chris. I have exploded the head of John, got rid of him, and I'm taking over <laughs> for the next two episodes.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. I uh, hope you. your honeymoon went well.
2: I did, It did. Unfortunately, I got a bit of the covid um, mm. I was planning on being back a bit sooner, but um, yes, COVID is still rampant around the world. Who knew? Yes, um, it is. I can no longer say COVID-free since ninety-three. Um, <laughs> it, just because it was a great rhyme, uh, but no, unfortunately, yeah, it took me down for a bit. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. I am vaccinated and it was not as bad as it could have been.
0: Yeah, but you were on your on your um, your rear. Let's say uh, <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I slept days, for yeah.
2: three days straight. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Cool, I'm going to be in bed." I was like, when I got it, I was like, "Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm going to lie down. I'm going to watch Star Wars Rebels because I've yep. never kind of done that. I did get <sighs> through one season, which I'm happy about. Oh, very uh, good. But the rest yeah. of it, it was like, I slept. I think one day I slept for 20 hours, pretty wow. much straight. Um, wow. And I was like, "Oh, that's that that that's not good. Interesting.
0: Yeah. It's re- it really sucks because I know, like, we we kind of talk about it. Like myself and John got caught with COVID because we were traveling." When we wanted to travel, we got caught and diagnosed with COVID, even though we didn't think we had it. We just thought we had a little tiny cold, but uh, definitely out there. Uh, keep staying safe if you're uh, in packs of lots of people. I was watching the uh, Star Wars celebration last week and it was, it was good to see everybody that was there. We're all wearing masks the whole yes. time, even in, the, in a massive event like that. So glad you're feeling better. Glad you're back with us for the boys. Um, I know I got your uh, insta reaction after watching the three episodes, just a mad shocked face uh, watching the first three episodes of the <laughs> yeah. boys we will be talking in depth of the third episode here. And we do have thankfully some feedback from our wonderful fellow boys and girls. So we'll be able to talk back uh, about your thoughts on those first two episodes. But do you want to give a, a sense of what you thought, Chris?
2: It is the voice unashamedly, the boys. Um, it is pulling a lot of threads together in the first three. I see why they did the three together. Mm-hmm. This is the third time now they've done it. And again, mm-hmm. you can see why they built this mini arc in, um, they're trying to pull a lot of storylines. And I was like, I I did expect certain people not to be back and they're all back. And I'm like, cool. You got Mother's Milk back. Great. Because uh, it was a point. I was like, oh, no. they're Oh, 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 he's gone. Oh, okay. Um, what they're doing, it also is great. And that first episode that, um uh, what if uh, Ant-Man had killed Thanos moments mm-hmm. very much, Playing up to that uh at the end game, well just have Atman go and kill Thanos, it'd be fine. Yeah. Um yeah, that that's what would happen. Um interesting. Absolutely
0: absolutely um i meant to mention this before we talked about the x-ray feature on prime video which yes. gives you some a little behind the scenes uh bits and pieces and some uh, some extra footage i know they have all the videos for all the songs that are in the show uh all the full length uh, version of those so go check those out on x-ray but uh one of the things they did mention is the production designer for um for the boys actually had passed away he passed away after after doing it and they said uh, one of his final jobs was to build the giant penis from episode one so a uh, great legacy left behind by uh by the uh the production designer for the show yes
2: Definitely. How you will use that again? I'm not sure, but they will find a way. I um, love it. I, love I it. did. I did love to hear that they, within the first four episodes, they used up all their blood uh, <laughs> that they had planned for on all of season three within the first uh four day or the first four episodes of filming, and mm-hmm. um, that I they had to that. order more blood. When you yes. order your your special effects department, they're like, "Yeah, we've just run out."
0: Yeah. This, this might give the boys too much credit, but it's the Coriolanus of uh, of TV. Coriolanus yes. is the uh, known as the bloodiest play uh, on stage. So uh, it's the Coriolanus of TV. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Welcome back, fellow boys and girls. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe by going over to tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, while you're over there, you can leave a voicemail of any of your thoughts on any of the episodes of The Boys so far. Uh, you can also send emails to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or if you want to join us on our Facebook group, you can join us over on facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries there's a spoiler post up there for each of the episodes as they're released so you can join us over there as well
2: yes and we're on each of the other platforms we're on twitter we're on instagram you want to find us look for tv podcast industries but Mm -hmm. with all that said and done derek do you want to tell us who gave us what on episode three
0: Absolutely, yes. Uh, the showrunner for the show, Eric Kripke, is still involved in each of the episodes. So I think he's even listed as as, uh, as lead writer for the show as well, so he does have both of the credits there. Uh, these episodes are based on the comics by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, and come from executive producers Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, weirdly, I was calling him Seth Green uh, on the first episode, Chris. My apologies. Uh, I don't know why I was having Seth Rogen and Seth Green. Uh, just had it uh, written incorrectly in my docs, unfortunately. Uh, but this episode was written by Anselm Richardson and jeff ohl uh, jeff was a script, co- script coordinator for the first season of the boys every episode uh, involved in the in the writers room has come back now uh, to write an episode with anselm richardson uh, and anselm wrote uh, season two episode six the bloody doors off which is an excellent episode of season two remember it well so uh, so great to have them both back working together uh, on this episode
2: definitely definitely i remember that episode well
0: Excellent. And Julian Holmes directed this episode. We've talked about Julian a couple of times because he's directed episodes of The Daredevil and Iron Fist Ooh. on Netflix. So uh, we have definitely talked about Julian Holmes' work uh, in the past. I believe he even did uh, the episode he did for Iron Fist was in season two as well, which is a good time.
2: Yes, it was because that was a better <laughs> season. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But should we get into the synopsis for this episode?
0: Sure. Following his confrontational birthday speech on live TV, Homelander's stock has gone up 21 points, particularly with disaffected white males in the Rust Belt. But this boost has given him new confidence, as popularity equals power at Vought Industries. Homelander goes against his co-captain Starlight's wishes and brings the Deep back into the Seven. But Deep has to pay his dues and show Homelander he's willing to play ball by having his octopus friend Timothy for dinner. With Deep's return and the addition of American Hero winner Supersonic to the team, the seven are now complete. But Homelander's has one last twist to announce to the public. He and Starlight are now a couple. With a clenched fist and gritted teeth, Starlight goes with this new storyline. Hashtag Homelight. Elsewhere, Billy, Mother's Milk, Huey and Kamiko confront Grace Mallory about her operations in Nicaragua and dealings with Soldier Boy, the former head of Payback. While Mallory was running a government-sanctioned drug-running operation in 1984, a young Stan Edgar brought the soup team with him as his first test of his idea of soups in the military. When Russian forces attack Mallory's camp, Edgar's test quickly fails. Untrained and untested, payback creates havoc, killing half of Mallory's team and their own. Black Noir is left permanently scarred, and Soldier Boy is captured, taken deep into Russian territory. As Butcher takes in the story and the seeming betrayal of Grace Mallory, he recovers from his experience with V24, but his soup stepson Ryan realises there is something very wrong with him as he attacks Billy's faster heartbeat and smells the V in his blood. Billy lashes out, pushing the boy away and telling him it's too dangerous to see him again. Meanwhile, after being contacted by his old flame Sherry, Frenchie has a meeting with Russian gangster Little Nina. In exchange for keeping Sherry safe, Nina wants him to work for her again. Frenchie negotiates his way out of there, but Billy needs the Russian connection and forces him to go back and arrange a meeting. That's the synopsis for episode three. Chris, we broke our cardinal rule on TV podcast industries. Oh no. Yeah, we talked about uh, something that happened in episode three on our episode two podcast. I have fixed it. I've edited it out. It has been deleted, uh, but it is in here now. It's just a small point, though, but it is our uh, John's, let's say, uh, protagonist moment from the episode. So I'm going to Actually, jump over to John and his thoughts about the arm break scene uh, within this episode. It's just a small one.
2: It's all right. Well, this it's is what happens when I leave. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I am the apparently the dictator that keeps us on track. Uh, I'm glad, but that's not. That's
0: true That's definitely all. me. That's yeah, definitely me, Chris. It.
1: Let's go. Take it away, John. And um, so he is trying to get out of work. So I guess most people would call in sick or Mm -hmm. like at least sort of put on a snotty nose or a bit of a cough or something like that he gets kamiko to break his arm oh and so i guess he can have quite a while out of the office so i really kind of enjoyed um just the i mean i couldn't watch it but just (laughs) that you know they managed to make it that that sort of just horrific that you just have to turn away. I can never watch anything like that. And, you know, the boys uh, got me there. Absolutely. They, they, they did a good purposeful arm break, which is always, yeah, when are they going to do it? Are they going to break it on two or are they going to get to three and then go four? You know, where are they going to land it? Yeah. So really kind of just one of those moments for me it's like when sharp things go near to eyes, Mm -hmm. it's like I have to just kind of look away away. yeah absolutely,
0: absolutely I I loved how the scene was actually built up with uh, the naivety of Huey Um, Kamiko's willingness to be as violent as that. Yeah. And then layered in the top of we have Mother's Milk being completely practical here. So I love that, you know, Huey comes in and goes, break my arm. Kamiko's like, okay, no problem. (laughs) Um, but he doesn't realize how painful this is going to be. He doesn't seem to, that doesn't seem to have gone through his head. Um, and Mother's Milk is going, no, no, you need to break his arm at this point here because you can't just break his arm because then he'll never get feeling yeah, back. It needs to be a clean
1: break. <laughs> exactly. So it, it heals well. Yeah. But I that,
0: do, I do like that about, um, about Mother's Milk this season. Laz Alonso, uh, the actor who plays Mother's Milk has mentioned in the past about, uh, about him being obsessive compulsive, the actual character being obsessive compulsive yeah. and that it will come out in the show. And we're really seeing that. Um, number of times in this episode, as as you mentioned, the kind of trigger point for Mother's Milk to go back to his old ways where he goes and investigates all of his old files and lays them out on the floor. You know, even just that moment of seeing the way he's laid them all out, you can tell how obsessive he is about yeah. everything in his life.
1: He's cleaning his desk as well when he gets back with with the boys and is giving out to Frenchie for effectively being a pig, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah. So really yeah it it's it's a nice little touch to yeah, the character. Absolutely. I do wonder though how did the boys get access to
0: the Flatiron building in New York? Like that is a that is an amazing building that's so people know so well. And the boys have an office in, in this massive building. I guess they do have some perks and do have some connections, I suppose. But, uh, I was very impressed with that. Like Mother Bill calls it out that even in this universe, this is the Flatiron building. It's well known. Yeah. It's a, a, a registered building. You should, you should treat it with some kind of respect. So, Definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely.
2: Straight out of the comics. I mm-hmm. will call that out straight away. The Flatirons. And I was just, as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's two points here. I'll just jump in on. Yeah. The, the break aspect was brilliant.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just again, just I, so I watched it through gritted teeth because I was like, <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not gonna. Oh, they did. Uh uh-huh. Cause like they nearly just like nearly popped it through skin. And I was yep. like, oh, okay.
0: Interesting. I don't know what it is about. About it, uh, I, I felt a bit like Billy Butcher watching it. Um, I was, I was smiling and unperturbed. Yeah. Uh, let's say, but but John definitely did not watch the scene. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, the OCD moment, I think, is absolutely brilliant with Mother's Milk. Um, throughout this episode and the previous, um, mm-hmm. uh, because it is. Uh, it is a, a thing. I, I, I'll put my hand in my heart and say, yeah, I'm, I, I suffer uh, and it's a stress trigger. So just, mm-hmm. uh, when I get stressed, my OCD flares to dramatic and seeing that actually portrayed in a very uh, similar way where the more stress Mother Milk gets, the more his OCD then starts to flare and he becomes, you do become compulsive where he has laid out everything to the point where he's completely forgot about dinner on the stove. Yes, um, yes, which is uh, like really interesting, and then
0: yes, Chris burns dinner all the time. I,
2: I never right. burn dinner. No, <laughs> no I I I do things in uh, numbers of three. Brush. That's the interesting point. When I get right. super stressed, it's the door handle three times. It's the uh, wipe the desk three times. It's I don't know why three is a lucky number,
0: and that's lucky. why we always have three points in our podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, uh, that was kind of John's. Uh, protagonist moment his boys moment for the episode not really it was just an outtake from last episode because we messed up but chris since you haven't been on for a while do you want to give us your protagonist moment your boys moment for the episode
2: uh i'm going to take kind of the the, one of the bigger aspects of this which is paybacks uh flashback
3: Mm -hmm.
2: um uh, payback from the comic books has always been uh, it's an interesting team and Mm -hmm. seeing them here how they've been integrated in with um essentially with the backstory of Mallory being a young CIA uh, agent who was in charge of the cocaine being smuggled from Nicaragua back to, and they called it out, this operation, Mother's Milk goes, where? Tell them where you put the, you sold it to. Um, And apparently that is, leans uh, from some potential truth uh, aspects of, uh, from the war previously yeah um so i was just that and then yeah so we get to see the the introduction of um a young stanley edgar bringing in payback to as a temporary test uh with the cia embedding them there to see as a way to again get soups in the military it's all about getting soups in the military yeah um
0: It seems like Stan Egger definitely subscribes to, if it doesn't work, try, try again. Like This is 1984, so 30 years he's been trying to get soups in the military. Um, And now he's finally gotten the way, as we we, uh, mentioned in the first episode he has. The way of getting soups in the military is just to give 24 hours of power to them, no longer putting uh, any of the seven involved in the military that's what he wants to that's the job he wants to get out of but yes for 30 years he's been trying to get soups in the military this is what he's been trying to push
2: yeah um so i i, I really enjoy this we get to see the stupidity of soups again uh, which mm-hmm. is like the bug boy i can't remember his name flying up swatter swatter um mm. yeah uh, right. flying up and then again he is the reason that they got spotted um mm-hmm. And then again, they just go for blood. But we do see Jensen Eckle as um, Soldier Boy go mm-hmm. full ca- his version of Captain America. Um, yep. Because that is what this uh, team is uh, a bit of a, uh, a play on. You have mm-hmm. him as Captain America, the Crimson Countess being a play on a Marvel character. Um and then you had the TNT twins being a play on the Wonder Twins from DC. Again, mm-hmm. when the boys were as a comic book, they, they took liberties quite a lot on who they were playing. And there's a there's a Hulk like character in the comic books right. um who is definitely interesting. So they they took a lot of liberties with this. So seeing <laughs> like I think one of the guys is like a similar like a thinker, he's supposed to be Kind of like the guy from the Suicide Squad. Right. Um, they're like a mentalist, telepathic, etc., etc. But mm. again, you see them just get destroyed.
0: Absolutely. And, and just the privilege of them. They arrive uh, in this uh, in this situation with no knowledge, no training at all, no idea what they're doing. And they just, you know, they're like, we need a couple of your guys to come and, and get water for our tents, basically. Yeah. That's the, the first thing they say. And then they start showing off the whole time that they're there. And then when they're under attack, like... God, this moment with poor Mallory. She's been at them the whole time to, you know, just just leave it to her. She'll work everything out kind of thing. And when they get attacked, they take out, what did she say, 160 of her men are taken out and a lot of them from the from payback you know? <laughs> exactly um like you see uh gunpowder who we saw the the adult version sean pa- patrick flannery played him in the previous episode this is the kid version of him sitting on a gun shooting everybody in front of him almost killing mallory yep. just because he doesn't stop doesn't let up shooting bullets basically um she's shouting out going those are my guys stop <laughs> shooting them babe. you know so uh so yeah they are awful and this goes down so badly, um, including losing themselves. Swato goes up and flies in the air in an amazing looking scene, gets hit by a missile, um, <laughs> which, uh, which heat seeks him. Absolutely excellent. I did love that moment though with Soldier Boy where he throws one of the guys up with his shield, throws him up in the air and you see the impact, yeah. um, in the distance as his body breaks and falls to the ground. I just thought that was so good because so often with these superpower characters punching normal unsuperpowered people you see them just flying away and it's all fine they're yeah. grand. they're knocked out and <laughs> that's not somebody that's knocked out <laughs> <laughs> no. no
2: this guy crunches uh-huh. and again with the boys you get that sound effect Eric Kripke has always been when he said he wanted to do this and it's from season one we've seen mm-hmm. the first second with Huey as he loses his girlfriend like uh-huh. you heard the crunch 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 and the blood spot like yeah and it's the same here um I really enjoyed, especially with this. Uh, uh, there's there's two avenues on this where we're going to take this point. The mm-hmm. first being Soldier Boy being taken away, and they're burying the lead, which is dope apparently he got taken by the Russians, but mm-hmm. we don't see it because Mallory is knocked unconscious. Yeah, um, and I really enjoyed that because. They are like they could have just easily went. Oh, they hear he got knocked out. Like what? What gun took him down? Like they're burying a lot of this. Which so I think they are setting this fun aspect up. This kind of thread that's going to lead us. This is going to be the the major plot point. I think that's going to pull us through. Outside of Victoria and Newman and that whole aspect of mm-hmm. the the kind of government piece and what's happening there and that story because i thought that was going to be the main storyline right uh, and thinking so they 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 definitely i think we're getting this as being the main one um yeah. but also we got to see a demasked black noir
0: yes we did yes we did
2: um so i'm not going to give anything away i would just mm. say they are potentially changing things up from yes. the comic books which is cool like again yeah. and I again say potentially because you brought up a very good point about season 2 at the ending with Black Noir. Do you want to bring that up?
0: Yeah, I was going to say the the season 2 ended with um them confronting Black Noir or con- Black Noir confronting them at the Vault Terrace building and then him being fed peanuts which he's allergic to and super allergic to and I thought that that was like his uh, ultra weakness and he'd be dead. And we have not seen anything about that. I think it's been mentioned. In fact, it was mentioned in this episode that he's allergic to nuts and people should stop eating them around him, basically. But um, but I had thought that it had killed him. Yep. And he couldn't get to his EpiPen, his, his adrenaline quickly enough. Um, so I thought that he had died at the end of last season. So I thought that was a big moment. And then this season, it comes back with um, with Black Noir uh, at the premiere of yeah. uh, of the, uh, the, the Rise of the Seven. Dawn of the Seven. Son of the seven—that's the yeah. one, of course.
2: Of Where course. there's only five of them. Mm-hmm. I love yes. that. Still love that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is interesting. So we see that this is back in '84. So he's about twenty something here now in '84, mm. um, around the same age as um, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Um, so this makes Black Noir a lot older than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also see potentially he he may die or not die, but he's been uh, a, a large gash is taken out of his brain. Yes. A large chunk. Um, yeah. His face is melted on one side mm-hmm. and part of his mouth is melted together. Yeah. Um, explaining potentially why he doesn't talk in this. But again, that makes him super older than we th- originally thought. Yeah. Uh, as well as maybe he's still alive mm-hmm. or maybe okay. this is he died in... Back in 84, he died mm-hmm. again last season, and there's just this large, there, there's many Black Noirs yes. I think they may be going for. But again, yes, only because potentially they're changing the storyline of what the comic books is, but again, I'm, I'm here for this change because it's something I'm not aware of.
0: Yeah. And it is interesting that it, that it call out that he has never taken off his mask in public before. He's trying to push for it. He's saying, you know, that they will accept a black superhero now. Um, someone like Eddie Murphy is massively popular in America in the, in the mid eighties. He could be like that for the soups, you know, uh, and Edgar's kind of going, no, not ready for it. Keep your mask on. So, um, so entirely possible. Yes. We could have had 20 different black noirs since the start. He's the, uh, the center of, uh, of the boys. He's the center of the, of the payback team. So, uh, so maybe they just keep replacing him if anything ever happens to him it's it's entirely possible What what a great opportunity for them they can just keep the mask on and somebody else plays uh plays the role uh good stuff good stuff anything else about the payback flashback chris no
2: that's really it i do like how they, they pause it midway through um mm-hmm. to give us a, a a throw-up scene but um yeah. especially because they literally pause it um and it's like uh oh, oh it, that's yeah. a it's a fun way of doing it
0: yeah, just as everything starts to blow up all around them, we just get a pause as Billy goes off and, uh, goes off and pukes. Um, but th- I wanted to just, just pull a little bit out of that. So the reason why they're with Mallory is to find out for this weapon to, that, that could be possible to kill, uh, Soldier Boy. That's yeah. the whole point. So what we find out here is that she doesn't know the weapon because it's Crimson Countess that comes up and tells her he's been killed and then taken away. His body's been taken away by the Russians. So, it, so it turns out Crimson Countess does have the information that they need. Yeah. She was the one that saw it happen. She should know. And she got away from uh, from Frenchie and Kameko and, and, uh, in episode two. So uh, hopefully we'll see Larry Holden now, back now. So they will have to go back and tra- track her down, track down uh, Crimson uh, Countess again. Maybe hear another one of her uh, oh, unusually terrible so good. songs. <laughs> they were there. so good Both. that was just like Girl, you
2: know there's that there's that song um, in the US about the dogs um, I, they always make a joke out of it um, I can't I I I would know it if I hear it and any of okay. our American listeners will know it's on the ads for like basically like uh, an animal charity animal shelter charity and everyone makes okay. fun of it it's the same one that plays and it's been playing for like 20 years right Um it's very much, I think, a, a a slight on that. And the only reason yeah. I think that is because it's... I've seen so many jokes about that kind of type of thing.
0: Right, right. Chimps don't cry, Chris. Chimps, Chimps don't, don't cry. cry. They
2: don't, but they are <laughs> on the inside.
0: <laughs> anyway, so all I was saying was they will have to get out of down uh, her, to get more information, potentially, potentially. Potentially. But they have got a lead now that that uh, soldier boy was taken off by the Russians. So uh, you never know where it's going to lead them. Uh, the well...
2: Future. Probably to Russia but
0: <laughs> who knows but, yes. what about yourself what is your exactly. major
2: moment for this
0: well that's exactly it it does lead up to my uh to my uh protagonist moment for the episode because I want to talk about Frenchie uh, and little Nina uh, a character from the comic books as well mm-hmm. so, uh, so n- nice to see little Nina here um it's great also to see Cherie come back uh this was Frenchie's partner that we saw in season one his partner in crime and you know Possibly love life. Frenchies tends to get around. We've heard, we hear quite a lot about that in this episode as well. Um, but Sherry's got herself into a bit of trouble, um, because she hasn't had the same opportunities that Frenchies had. She has gone back to work for little Nina and she's still on drugs. So, um, so Sherry is now in a really bad position. She's had, uh, what's it, 11 kilos mm-hmm. of, of, uh, drugs stolen from her while she was high. Um, and now she's in massive trouble with little Nina. She's going to get killed for it because she makes reference to another one of their uh, their friends who did something similar. And she cut off bits of his body while he was still alive. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Or did, as little Nina says, Sherry actually just stole it. The eleven kilos. Who do we mm. believe, Cherie or Little Nina? Mm.
0: You're right. You're right. There is there is no um, there is no honor in thi- among thieves, right?
2: Well, yeah. I actually just played that Uncharted Honor Among Thieves, <laughs> and <laughs> there apparently go. there is, um, but who knows. <laughs>
0: excellent but it is Frenchy's partners So Frenchy's Frenchy is our point of view character um, I'm not going to believe little Nina uh, over Frenchy and Frenchy seems to think uh, she's in the right place but yes Sherry being in trouble uh, ha- leads to Frenchy being taken by little Nina and um, this kind of plays out interestingly. it plays out differently than I thought little Nina seems to think she has a hold over Frenchy because of Sherry and uh, he's kind of saying well look I'm working for the CIA now so uh, there's nothing you can do to me yeah yeah Um uh, but I do like the little insights to the sexual relationships of Frenchy in the past. Uh, it Made me laugh. One of the guys got to go, and uh, Little Nina needs to see, you. and he goes, "How are you getting on? Um, are you still, uh, are you still having somebody, a French guy, have sex with your wife?" Um, basically, which is Frenchy in the past. And then we find out from Little Nina that they've also had a relationship in the past with uh, a little bit of um, dog collar action. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, um, and a bit of a, a safe
0: word. No. Yeah. Yes. What What is a safe word, Chris? Can you remember? Oh, I can't. No. You can't. All right. Great. I can tell you then. Go it's on. Vincent Cassell, which is Frenchie's uh, shout out from the comic books. That's what he shouts when he goes into battle uh, <laughs> in the comics. He shouts Vincent Cassell, a uh, very famous French actor. So, um, so good, good little touch there. Um, but I like how it, how he extricates himself from the situation, gets himself out of there. He's, it seems like Nina would do very bad things to him. And so Frenchie's just about gotten away with his life gets back to uh, the boys headquarters in Flatiron building and is telling him it's time to go we need to get out of here uh, the boys aren't good for us let's let's go right now and then it turns out all the work that that uh, that Frenchy's done to get away from little Nina is all for naught because they need that russian connection they need to go back to Nina again and ask uh, Effectively to get to Russia, possibly to investigate this uh, this situation with Soldier Boy. So, uh, so I do like how it plays out. It's an interesting connection, something different for Frenchie to do. Um, you kind of feel in these scenes where, especially having the boys go to uh, go to Mallory's place to ask this information, a lot of people kind of sat around in the episode yeah. um, listening to uh, what Mallory was going to say. So there was no need to Frenchie, for Frenchie to go there. So nice to have a sideline story for him at least.
2: Yeah, and it, even more so that it is him now having to very much decide about his old life versus his new life versus a potentially newer life with Kimiko. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I, I, I did like that 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 aspect of it as well, where yeah. she, she does go, I'm done, I just want to be out. Like, we need Absolutely. to leave. And it's that before anything can even happen, before he can <laughs> even say you have the rest of the gang kind of breaking down, coming in and just kind of. That's it. We're on to yeah. the next.
0: Yeah, and this was kind of led on from the conversation that Calico had with Ryan, with uh, with Homelander's stepson, yes. where sh- where she kind of realizes. Um, she's killed people in the past, but she has a choice now. She can choose to stop killing people, oh. only if she gets away from the boys. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of where she is at the moment. So, uh, so I kind of like her storyline as well, but it's only a little bit of it in this episode. So yeah. hopefully we'll see more uh, in the future. But that's my uh, boys moment for the episode. Let's get on to our antagonist moment, our seven moment uh, from the episode. Chris, where are you at the seven?
2: Just Homelander. Let's just jump straight in there. And mm-hmm. it is, uh, he gives no shits. Um, and that that is basically where we are. He has gone full. I do not care. it, it is essentially. Um, he starts talking. He wants to be loved. He is happy to be loved, but he will equally be okay with being feared.
0: He absolutely fine with being feared, huh? That was yeah.
2: that speech. That speech showed me, rem- or again, just brought in why Anthony Starr is so good in this because he is smiling everything is happy and he just gets happy. this malice this mm-hmm. just evil superman because he's just talking about yeah at first I'll take out kind of like the pentagon and the white house and kind of mm-hmm. the, I'm, you know what For shits and giggles I'll, I'll, I'll might destroy New York and maybe where are you from again that bum town in Idaho um, like just goes talks about it so nonchalant
0: yeah.
2: And just Oh, because Starlight is like, I'm going she brings up the, 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 the flight tape again mm-hmm. to try and bring rain, rain him back in. And we just see now that the fact that Stormfront is dead, he does not care anymore. Mm-hmm. And like so it is And more very,
0: importantly, his rating has gone back up. Oh, so yes. that's that's the big thing for him. He was told effectively to just step back. Uh, Stay in the background because people don't really like Homelander anymore. Um, People people connecting him with a Nazi is really bad for business. So he has to step back. Starlight has to take uh, center stage, even though they're calling her co-captain. She's the one making all the decisions. So they took away everything from him. And he gets it all back because of popularity. Hey, how many meetings have you been in where you get the kind of stats that Ashley is uh, is telling to yeah. to Homelander? Chris, oh, you've gone up twelve points. Oh, that means that uh, that means that, that the demographics here are much better for you. You know, um, they do call out again the type of people that are going and following Homelander and are, are uh, finding uh, that he's more uh, more of an interesting person, and and the popularity ratings are rising. With the call out specifically. They're pretty much the kind of people that would be following Nazis anyway. Yeah. So uh, exactly the type of people that um, were mentioned by Stormfront last season, um, saying that people just don't like the word Nazi, but they agree with everything I'm saying. You know that that's that's her attitude, and that's the kind of people she was rallying. Those are the kind of people that have formed this group, the Storm Frontier. I think we recall it was called at the at the opening of the season. Um, this group that's been formed. To follow her teachings and follow her way because they totally believe what she was in. Now they're now they're lining up behind Homelander after his new speech on TV. So the Uber uh, mention, uh, yes, absolutely. And for doesn't matter. It's no. all about the numbers. Exactly. It's all about selling whatever we can sell. So now Homelander's back on top, and they have nothing on them anymore. Every single thing they that that uh, Starlight tries from I'm your co captain Stan Edgar said I'm I, I'm the one that makes these decisions doesn't work. And having the video, uh, which he previously didn't want to get out, now it's if you release it, then I just kill everything. Everybody, yeah. So
2: I, I'm yeah. very much interested to see the the Stan Edgar, Homelander face off, which mm-hmm. is, that that's where we are barreling to. Like that will happen, and yeah. I'm I'm trying to. Usually, what we've seen here is that Stan Edgar has something up his sleeve, mm-hmm. um, and Homelander is openly now talking about kind of he talks about to the to the the jumper earlier in the previous episode where he yeah. was born in Destrick but doesn't really have a birthday. Yeah. Um and we know now as well that there are other things that I'm assuming Stan Edgar is kind of kind of holding back about Homelander. Because uh, for, and I'll put it down now, Eric Kripke and uh, uh, Seth Rogen and the, the rest of them, Evan, have said that uh, from the Boys Diabolical, the Homelander mm-hmm. animated episode with Black Noir, that yep. one is now canon and should be watched because it will relate to something that happens in this. Yeah. Um. So if you have not watched that, please go watch it now. It's a, like about a 10, 15, 12 minutes uh, animated short. Just yeah, telling it's, it's, about Homeland, one of Homelander's first, um, one of his first big solo mm-hmm. um, runs as a superhero. With it's Black. where he
0: learns how far he can push it. Uh, yes. Under vault, basically. And I
2: think that's going to play something as well. Like, there'll be an element there. And we're going to find out a lot more about this. We ended with Homelander marking his territory across the sky last mm-hmm. season. Yes. Um, and we could that's see it start put, yeah. to <laughs> slip away. And I think uh-huh. we may end up with a very unhinged, more so than even by episode three, unhinged Homelander by the end of the season.
0: Absolutely. He's just testing the waters right now. You know, he's just he's just coming up with some things that he can do to mess with people, yeah. you know? um, I'll talk about one in, in my antagonist moment in a second, but the other one that goes on in the episode, he's effectively messing with the new co-captain. He's messing with Starlight throughout this episode, culminating in him creating a storyline on tv that the two of them are in a oh, relationship God, yeah. together and starlight just has to grin and bear it yeah right even Huey tells her who's been the one that has been telling her to run away from day one even Huey tells her well you got to stick it out because we might have a possibility of killing homelander in the future and he, he will go after you if you leave effectively so uh, so keeping her in harm's way effectively to avoid her being in worse harm's way <laughs> um so all the choices are bad for him but yeah he's uh he is out there messing with people right now but i think we might see a more real world example of that moment last season where uh where we saw homelander destroy everybody in front of him um from the parabet, all the all the public that were uh that were standing in front of him that was going on in his mind i think we we yeah. may see him wreak havoc on uh on all of america by the end of this season yeah
2: and I, I wonder, do we get a season? Well, I'm hoping we get a season four because mm. very much you could, you could go so many places with this.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And Kripke is the master of that. Remember, uh, Supernatural, even though he left after what eight or nine season, did go for 15 seasons. Yeah. So he is the master of uh, of setting things up that go on for uh, can can go on for a long time.
2: Agreed. <laughs> uh, but speaking of messing with, do you want to take about your antagonist moment?
0: Look, I've got to talk about the Deeps uh, dinner party. Um Wow, poor Deep, you know, um the, we we've said from the first episode and the first moment that Deep as a character on the show is irredeemable for what he did to Starlight joining the uh joining the group. She was brought on board at the seven because of the hope that she had, because of the hope that she would give to the public and instantly he took that away by raping her, you know. Um that's completely irredeemable. But what they do do on the show consistently throughout throughout each episode of the season that he's appeared in is punish him for that moment. Mm -hmm. And none more, I think, uh, so far than than what we see here. Um, We see him getting building himself back up himself and his his new wife um, are building themselves back up to the point that he's now back in the seven, the seven most powerful soups in all of America and all of the world. Really, he's brought himself back to this point but not without punishment. Um, Homelander is going to make him pay. Uh, He's going to make sure that he knows if he puts him back on the team, it's another person that Homelander controls. Um, That is really what he's looking for. Starlight had the ability to add two members of the team that he would have no control over. So that's why he's bringing back the deep here and he's going to make him and force him to uh, do everything that Homelander says. Um, But the scene itself is really shocking. I think because we'd seen the sex scene earlier on with his wife, where he's watching Timothy watch him, and the two of them are getting pleasure from each other while he's having sex with, while the Deep's having sex with his wife. Because we'd seen that, and it's kind of a comedy moment um, five minutes beforehand, and then we see a live version of this octopus, of Timothy, as we hear, who has a wife and kids, um, (laughs) as the Deep says be placed in front of him to be eaten whole yeah. to prove his loyalty to Homelander. It's shocking. It's really shocking. And the fact that his wife is sending him a text going, eat the octopus. um, You know, like she's totally there for the power and prestige that comes with being as we call them, wag, a wag of a member of the Seven. So <laughs> that's effectively why she's there. She doesn't care at all about who the Deep is. You know, you got to kind of put your put your head into what the deep goes through. Every time he walks past an aquarium or any type of fish, he hears everything that's going on. He's having conversations with them, just like you have conversations with people around you. So this is a massive thing. He's obviously hearing Timothy the whole time as Timothy's being eaten. Um, and that's the punishment that he's going through and has been going through since the first episode. So, uh, yeah, another <laughs> awful, awful, Awful to watch, boys' moment, but brilliantly put together uh, on the show.
2: Yeah, and it, it's such a fun thing to see. Do you remember the, the dolphin scene? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just so oh, yes. reminiscent of that, as we, we see. Because I know the octopus was CGI'd. Mm-hmm. But they made it... They actually put almost uh, emotional... Um, the, 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 the empathy, where he's like, he's screaming at me. He's yelling, not he's crying yeah. now. And you're like, they put it, they, they they imbued it onto that car, onto the octopus to a degree. Cause they absolutely. had the, the eyes, like looking like the puppy dog eyes. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, it's killing me. I was silly <laughs> so sushi much. tonight, but it's killing me. <laughs> um, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, yeah. one thing I will on the deep. His lifetime movie on Vault mm-hmm. Network,
0: absolutely brilliant. yes. Last episode, absolutely yeah, absolutely really good brilliant. Yes. again
2: when you think of these things,
0: yeah, the name of it is is just what gets me the uh, the not without my dolphin, um, yeah. which is just fantastic. Yeah, really really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, another, as I say, another punishment for the deep. Uh, that's it for the antagonist moments. One last section uh, to go through. Let's go through our. Are uh, there any other outstanding moments in the episode we want to talk about? Any, anything else that stood out that we need to think about before we move on to the next episode, Elizabeth?
2: Very much quickly for me is the the superhero hangover um, mm. and the, the effect partially of that uh, and um, the discussion with Mallory that um, Butcher has. So we do see that there is. The, the temporary V, the V24 that they kind mm-hmm. of, that they, they, he has three vials of. He's used one to, to, um, basically destroy, um, the Soldier Boy's sidekick. Um, mm-hmm. but the hangover here is violent. I, again, ending in a comical moment where he pukes on Huey during a very tender scene. <laughs> uh, and it's great.
0: I love it, God Jack Quaid. They just—I I love that he's up for it because you yeah. can tell he is. You can tell every, all the interactions that he has on Twitter with the with the behind the scenes team and all the cast and crew. He's totally up for the jokes, but seriously, it seems like sometimes they set this up and he doesn't know because the reactions are so natural to the, What the hell just happened again? Getting more goo and blood and guts in his face. Um, I'd say the cleaning bill for poor Huey is—that went massive. in his mouth. Definitely.
2: Like, like he was yeah. mid-open, like, so I, I potentially they didn't tell him when it was going to happen.
3: Exactly. And I'd I think so. it
2: was just like, he's going to happen, he's going to puke on you at the end of the scene. And he's just, mm-hmm. gotcha, perfect. <laughs> um, so good. So
3: good. But then
2: we do see Butcher with, the, like, his eyes are still flaring for the, mm-hmm. the few hours. He can't control parts of it. Um, luckily, he is still strong because um, Ryan does squeeze his arm. Mm -hmm. Um, Which should have broken his arm um, when they are leaving. Mm Because Ryan is super strong now.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I I, I just thought that Ryan was... Exerting enough force to keep him in place, rather than trying to break his armor, rather than losing control himself. But uh, that's entirely possible. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so I just I, I like this whole aspect because it is going to set up that they will potentially get more V twenty
1: four.
2: This is from the comic books. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the whole team is on it, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah,
0: um, and and they're all permanently impacted by v it's not a temporary version of v they all inject themselves a V v to go out and fight yes. it's not they don't get 24 hours of power in the comic books no. like i mentioned that uh, in our last episode as well so uh, so it is slightly different but i love that they have uh, this put in here and i can't wait for the confrontation from the rest of the team yes. <laughs> to uh, to say hang on a second you're taking on uh, our major opposition's powers uh to fight them yeah mm, yeah so very interesting
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, And it will be question mark about Mother's Milk, what happens there. um, Mm -hmm. Whether they are going to completely veer that he is potentially powered or not powered, etc. And how they do that from veering from the comic books or not.
1: Um,
2: But yeah, let's see. But I did really like the hangover and how it left with Ryan as well. Because of the whole Mallory situation, Butcher is hungover, coming down off a high after getting all this information about payback and Mallory and the, mm-hmm. the, the betrayal of Mallory or his mm-hmm. perceived betrayal of Mallory um cuz she potentially knew something that could kill Homelander yeah um he then pushes Ryan away hard um so how that plays out further is going to be interesting as well
0: yeah it is it is a really sad moment when um when Billy pushes him away you know it's just that i, I suppose just underlining it with him taking off that Saint Christopher's medal that was given to billy by uh by becca to protect billy and then billy passed it on to ryan to protect him when he's not there you know it's just that symbolic moment when ryan says i hate you and takes off the say christopher's medal so uh all connecting back to that relationship that the three of them had together and becca no longer there so um but really it, you know it's not just pushing him away it is also telling him a possible truth here which is does Billy Butcher want to spend any time with Ryan since he is the one that technically killed Becca? Um, Even though he's a young kid, he's the one that fired lasers out of his eyes trying to hit Stormfront, and it hit Becca and killed her as well. So um, is that actual truth from Billy, or is he using something to push Ryan away? Um, Don't know.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it does go, because the whole thing was that everything was copacetic by the end mm-hmm. of the, by the beginning of this season well mm-hmm. in theory you know, poor huey thought everything was perfect yeah the status quo had been reached and everything was happy <laughs> and that's, that's not, not the, the case. boys. <laughs> that's not how this goes no what about yourself any outstanding moments for you
0: uh, i just want to talk a little bit about a train um i'm kind of liking his story arc because he's trying to fight his way back into the seven being a non-powered superhero the the we talked about the pushback from homelander saying he's gaining weight because he's no longer able to 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 run and he used to have to eat a huge amount to deal with the energy Uh, and now he's trying his new tack which is trying to dress up in native jamaican colors to represent the black community and i love that his brother has come back now and they had a falling out because he was taking, it was taking drugs last season and himself and his brother had a falling out. And now, now his brother's coming back to him and trying to bring him back into the family, trying to give him some support again. Um, But I love the reaction of his, uh, of his sister-in-law and his nephews when they see him in his new outfit, they're all going, that is terrible. And we know you don't represent our community at all, but I'm wondering if we'll have a bit of redemption for uh, a train again, a Train's the one that, kicked off this whole storyline for Huey. He's the one that killed Huey's girlfriend. Um, Accidentally, yeah, but he didn't care. And now they're effectively setting him up on this path that potentially he might care for his community. Mm. Um, His brother's showing him this this video of a, a woman who was mugged and another soup blue hawk. He murders a black guy who's just walking down the street for no reason at all other than to say that he's done something about it. Yeah. Um, he's just taking his own power into his own hands. we talked a lot about this season that the superheroes on this show are just children with superpowers. They're not heroes at all. They're just doing whatever they want to because they're massively powerful and they can't be stopped by anybody else, and they're getting away with it. So will A-Train now veer down that path? Will he actually make a difference? Will he become a good character as the show goes on. I, I really like that, that they have this storyline going on in the background. While he's trying to figure out a way to just get into the marketing style of things, maybe his brother will get through to him now.
3: I I,
2: I think they're going to do a BLM moment for A-Train, where mm-hmm. he is the, the centre point and he kind of becomes a figurehead because he calls, uh, um, he calls out that that's not who he is. Like... He's not Martin Luther King. Yeah, um, he's more Michael Jordan than yes. Martin Luther King. And yeah. I think that's as soon as they said those words, I was like, okay, I think <laughs> I see where you're going to go because he said it's a fifty-fifty coin flip. If he runs again, he could be he can go fast, or his heart was going to explode. Yeah, it's yeah. That, that's where they are. So I think they may do that type of movement, that type of piece, and he is going to. And that it's an interesting going to be an interesting one how they 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 draw this i think that i have full faith in that they will do right by this yeah um i have no worries or qualms about how potentially this will go um Mm -hmm. i i think that they'll play part of it will be for comedic effect part of it will be very similar to season two and the nazism and the the rise of nazism i should say or fascism in in the world today, we did in season two, I think they may do an element of that for this season.
0: Absolutely. And that's not gone from the show either. Like you heard um, when Homelander's announcing who he wants to come back on the team, you see him looking at at Starlight and saying to her, I'm not having a Muslim on my team. Why would you ever think I would do something like that? Like he is massively racist. Like that's absolutely who Homelander is. But exactly as we were saying earlier on, he just doesn't want to connect with the word Nazi, but he knows exactly what way he wants the team to look, mm-hmm. and they all would look like him and act like him if he had the opportunity, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, uh, I think it's entirely possible. But I I, I kind of like the setup at the at the start of the start of the episode. Okay, that's it for our major moments from the episode. I don't think there's any notes we've talked about a lot of the episode. No, yeah, any, we pretty much stuff?
2: got it all. That we talked about it in the synopsis. Supersonic is now a member of the Seven, along with the Deep.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: so he is there. He's going to try and support starlight as much as he can as well from internal within the seven but he'll be corrupted it's fine yeah. he'll be killed yeah. off by homelander you know it's gonna happen
0: absolutely i'm not too sure how a uh, how a love triangle works in the seven when your love rival is uh is homelander at least that's the story well it's a love
2: square season, now don't so. forget because you've got huey homelander and yes um su- supersonic
0: that's very true very true uh, overall chris what did you think of episode three of season three of the boys Barbary coast
2: i loved it the Boys, for me, has always been this um, gritty, realistic, over-the-top um, kind of superhero show, mm-hmm. and from episode one to episode three, they have pulled you in on this. Um, I think that it's it's definitely this, this pacing up and down on parts mm-hmm. of it, but because they released the first three episodes back-to-back, yeah. um, I understand why, again, the did it before but you got enough if you watch these in at least in a very short window Mm -hmm. um, then you get it's a perfect amount Um, but I can see aspects of if this was kind of released weekly on the first three you'd be like oh what What? hold on give me one second like back it up there just remind me again what this part was Um, but when you watch it all three together it's great as just an episode three, it's fun. It's, it's evolving the storyline. Um, yep. And it's definitely also playing and setting up some potential points. One we didn't even mention, which is Starlight and her, um, when she does things that she really does want to do, um, she now has a, a towel where she's kind of squeezing her fist. Um, yes. And so there's a whole storyline there that we're going to get to. Which is mm. going to be absolutely fantastic to watch, yeah. In the way it's portrayed, I should say, <laughs> not not yeah. the abuse, obviously, of course, um, but definitely going to be interesting. So yeah, hundred percent. Really enjoyed this.
0: Excellent. What about yourself? Really liked it. The, this episode, as you say, Chris, it's it's the slower of the episodes, but because we have it centrally wrapped around the introduction of payback and seeing this version of Jensen, Jensen Eccles as um, Soldier Boy, because we have that, and because we have that kind of flashback almost yep. to uh, to 1984 um it makes sense why it's a little bit slower um it's not the calm before the storm though it feels like the building of the storm um which is what i really like about the tension of what's going on with homelander from that that moment at the beginning of the episode where he's told he's gone up 21 points all the way through to where he's realizing he can basically do whatever he wants. Oh, by the way, John told me to uh, to say he absolutely loved the scene with Kobe Minifie uh, as Ashley telling uh, Homelander uh, all of the uh, all of the details about his uh, his um stock rising in the world and Homelander rising as she's telling him all the information about it. Uh, he said it was his favorite scene from the X. I Just uh, forgot to say that, but uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, it's nothing to do with you, Ashley. Keep going with your information that you're telling me. Uh, hilarious. But uh, but the fact that it's building throughout and the fact that that Homelander's shackles are now coming off and he's not rushing to just destroy everybody, it does mean that he is smarter than people have probably given him credit for. He's yeah. got a plan here and it feels like he could just go off on one if someone tries to stop his plan, which is a big problem. But nobody's in his way right now, so he's kind of calm But it does feel like it's building, that tension with Homelander is building. So they better get that weapon pretty soon, (laughs) the boys. So, Uh, But really good episode overall. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Yeah, good stuff.
2: Excellent. Well, much like Butcher, I need to go wet me whistle.
0: Excellent, Uh, excellent. From the Barbary Coast to the bar, Chris? Yes,
2: let's go. Let us take to the boys' pub quiz.
0: Absolutely, yes. Third question for the boys' pub quiz is... In the camp in Nicaragua, there is a song playing on the radio. What song is co- is being covered? It was also featured in Moon Knight, a little clue for our, uh, our regular TV podcast industries listeners. Uh, so give that again. In the camp in Nicaragua, what song is being covered on the radio? Uh, just need the title of the song. Send that in to us along with the answers to all ace questions for the boys episode this season. You could be in the chance of getting your hands on some boys goodies. Just email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, with all eight answers. Uh, we'll get some good goodies out to the winner of the pub quiz.
2: Yes, excellent. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That has been our thoughts, but... We're not done yet. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. We're about to head into some feedback. But before we do, we must talk about our corporate sponsorship. Vought International has sponsored us on Patreon. No, no, no. We are sponsored by Patreon. We're sponsored by you guys. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, if you like what you're listening to, you can head on over to patreon.com. Slash tv podcast industries and you can support us much like william boggs has done for this episode thank you so much william for supporting us over on patreon.com
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much William and thanks to everybody who supports us over there on uh, on Patreon. I've uh, been able to buy some new equipment uh, for the podcast which hopefully uh, is is getting the benefit on on uh, to our listeners and to ourselves. It's making it a lot easier uh, to record and edit than it has been in the past. So, thank you to all of our patrons for uh, for supporting us.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Blake. So, you can support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buy me a coffee dot com slash TVPI and actually buy Derek a coffee because mm-hmm. you can buy him a coffee while he edits into the wee hours and we'll whiskey it up a bit and make it Irish um, <laughs> because just you know it is the boys um, but if you got no cash to throw our way do not worry you can support us by subscribing to the podcast on all the places on all the networks and sharing it with your friends because sharing the podcast is what Derek?
0: Sharing the love Yes
2: yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much to everybody who's been sharing the podcast as well. It's great because there are so many podcasts out there that cover multitude of shows and um- we were the number one boys podcast uh, in for season two of uh, of The Boys. So uh, we'd love to reclaim that position. That would be really nice. Uh, so it. please share the podcast. It'd be really nice uh, for everybody who listen, who watches The Boys to be listening to us.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> tell every world. Tell your grannies. Tell your grandmas. Mm-hmm. Tell your granddads, your opas, your omas, um, and anything mm. else. Your mums, your dads, your nanas your, uh, I don't know, just tell your family, come on, because we want to hear their thoughts. Because do you know what? We listen and we read out your feedback because that's where we're going now.
0: Absolutely. Yes, let's get over to the feedback section. First up, we're going to start with Facebook on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. There's a spoiler post up for each of the episodes of the shows. Uh, First up, Salim Kislar had some thoughts on the first episode. He says, all right, well, they certainly raised the bar again, didn't they? That scene with Termite was absolutely insane. (laughs) Butcher is a diabolical genius. It looks like they're getting close to the comics this season with Butcher in all black, the team working for the government in the Flatiron building, and we know the boys will be taking V soon. I'm loving the spycraft elements with Maeve informing Butcher and M.M. still running his own investigation despite being out of the boys. Looks like we're in for another great season and will we'll possibly culminate with a Powered Butcher versus Homelander showdown. Oh, and Charlize Theron is everywhere Slim <laughs> also had some thoughts after he listened to our first podcast episode for episode one he said john was on fire in this episode in retrospect i should have seen newman working for valk coming uh, her first victim that we saw was rainer just when she was getting too close and of course her powers must have come from valk because that's where everybody's powers come from exactly Salim. absolutely Slim. uh john loved that as well um just to let you know chris uh we obviously are a pg podcast uh, here on here on the boys so no cursing no uh, no major adult material but john was really lo- enjoying pushing the boundaries of what he could say before i cut him off and edited him out. so uh, <laughs> yeah so most of it made it most of it made it let's say
2: yeah because it is it, it was a um it was a shrinking and a gorging and enlarging moment with termite obviously yes, it was. Uh, uh, and of course uh, to see such spectacular technique being done uh, and called out. It's such an amazing thing. I think, I kept it all PG there. You don't need to <laughs> edit any of that.
3: Uh,
2: but thank you Good so stuff. much Celine. Thanks, Liam. Yes, and over on Facebook we also had feedback on episode 1 from Dr. Bob Phillips who had this to say. They didn't want a slow ramp up, did they? The recap before the show proper did a cracking job of resetting expectations. and reminded me of the buckets of gore involved, but I was properly surprised by the ter- terrible termite scene. Perfect, though. Homelander keeping Stormfront in a secret hospital bay just brings home his narcissistic worst. And that set of scenes with Edgar, Adrian and our ancient Nazi were played perfectly with the good guys-ish. I was a bit surprised by the discovery of Huey of Newman head popper in episode one. Where I'd been guessing it would be in the mid-scene reveal. How will we get M.M. back into the fold? Will Starlight like, get it on with Supersonic? Does Huey get more suits? How addicted <laughs> does Butcher get to Temp v? All will be revealed, I'm sure. Yes, Dr. Bob. Partially, a lot of it has been revealed already. Yeah, and Huey absolutely. lost his suits. That's how much it's yes. changed already.
3: <laughs>
0: absolutely. And, and did you see the uh, the uh, love triangle incorporating Homelander? Like, I was absolutely thinking what Dr. Bob was thinking. We're going to see uh, Starlight end off with Supersonic because they have a past relationship. And Huey and herself's relationship is not going well right now. He's starting to hide things from her. So, nope, not at all. Nope, Homelander comes out on TV and says live that she's his new girlfriend. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yes, it's
2: definitely an interesting... It's going to be fun. But thank Absolutely. you so much, Dr. Bob, for Thanks, all
0: that Thanks, Dr. Feedback. Bob. Absolutely. Jamie Lawton says, Some nice call-out to the original comic, like the boys' HQ in Flatiron Building in New York, and seeing Simon Pegg, the reason I started watching the boys in the first place, and in a roundabout way started listening to you guys' podcast. Also, the confirmation that Bobby Singer, played by Jim Beaver is Dakota Bob. Sorry, I'm gushing with excitement as I was waiting to see this for so long. I wonder if the reason why JB listens to us is because um, we have a Euro- European accents like Simon Pegg. Maybe that's what it is. It
2: is. And we go, Wee Huey. Go on, we Huey.
1: Well, that's no, a Scottish that's accent. That's my Chris worst accent.
2: Scottish accent that wee Huey was supposed to get. I can go <laughs> French on. wee wee. <laughs> oh, wee wee monsieur. You know, this is how we talk now. It's all French. Frenchie podcast, do all French, all the time.
0: <laughs> Please don't do that. And I really apologize
2: odd. to any French listeners out there. I apologize well in advance. But thank you so much, Jamie, uh, yeah. for all of that. Uh, we also have some feedback on episode two. Uh, it's from Dr. Bob Phillips. Yes, he had this to say. This has gone very dark. Only two episodes in and we are eyeballs deep in traumatized children, unmasking of the murderous urges of Homelander and Butcher and Huey falling prey to unreasonable envy. (laughs) Only the plastic couple of Frenchie and the female can save the day. That's got to be a bad day. (laughs) They did. They really did. Like, I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping Frenchie and the female kind of... And Kimiko kind of stay together in this one yeah. I, I I know they're going to kind of they'll break it apart slightly over the kind of and then kind of reforge them towards the end um, but I, yeah. I do like that because I don't know what it is about that the two actors kind of have this chemistry on screen oh, yes. that is just really well done and it's yeah. almost um, it's not kind of like Hot, palpable. Oh my God. It's so, it's so visceral. They're gonna, they, they're amazing. It's very much a, uh, an emotional kind of bond. Like, it looks and, great, especially when he is communicating in sign language to her.
0: And didn't, and didn't he say he learned it just because of her? He yeah. didn't know it in the past. He, knew, he, learned it just to get closer to, uh, to Kamiko, which I think is, is, uh, is just really good part of their story. Uh, yeah, I love the two of them together. Um, I, I just, I, I did like the kind of, um contrast between him talking to sherry who's saying we can run away together and we can go to marseille we can get we can uh we can hide out and then it comes to later on with kamiko when she's saying she wants to leave the boys and she's saying we could run away together and and go and hide out so uh so interesting i wonder if they may pitch the two of them against each other in the future in the, in frenchie's mind but he's certainly very caring towards kamiko and all the things she's gone through
2: definitely sue so. thanks dr bob Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Bob. We also got some feedback from Jamie Lawton on Episode 2 as well, who had this to say, Not without my dolphin is my favourite quote from Episode 2. And that line, eat Timothy on Episode 3, made me so sad for the deep. Aww. Yes, poor Aww. Timothy, but Absolutely. remember his dolphin.
0: Absolutely, yeah, he's had a, he's had a lot of uh, bad luck. Um, I'm, I'm sure sea creatures are like, will you move to the desert, please? Just keep I, away from all of us. <laughs> I did
2: hear that the um, the actor, Chase Crawford, who plays the Deep, is getting mm-hmm. um, hate mail on social media. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. It, it, it's a cesspit. But yeah, he's getting it because or, it. Um, the character of the Deep is uh, mm-hmm. playing on Aquaman. And they're like, stop making fun of our Aquaman. Like, stop making fun. Aquaman's cool. Look sure. at Jason Momoa, and he's like, no, he's having sex with fish. Yeah, Relax.
0: well, <laughs> well, he's saying he wouldn't be doing his job right if he didn't get hate yes, mail from Aquaman exactly. fans, That's true. Thing, is is the thing. You know, after sixty years, you had to hire jason momoa to make your character interesting yeah Um, that's that's basically where it is so uh, all good i'm sure there are great aquaman comics out there but just not enough of them um thanks so much jamie uh over on email, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka on his thoughts On the first three episodes, he says, "Greetings, fellow escalating defenders. The UN climate report states that in 2050 will pretty much be in game over status. Accordingly, I'm thinking about starting a new streaming network called Screw Subtlety TV, because who has the time anymore? The shows I'd like to commission include Banshee, Invincible, Happy, Peacemaker, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and in the prime slot, The Boys. The first season three episode started with a literal bang and set the plot in efficient order. It seemed to be directed via painting targets on most of the characters with Homelander as Jason. This especially with Mother's Milk's family and the tension of a potential birthday party slaughter, which happily didn't happen. Loved every second of this episode, though. Five gesundheits out of five.
3: <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. coffee Vodka. Uh, on episode two, he says, from start to finish, a well-written build of Mystery of Soldier Boy, the break down and rebuilding of personal identity and purpose, and the forming up of battle lines. Homelander's speech, in particular, was scary for both the obvious reason of him taking himself off the chain and the reactionaries it may inspire. This, especially after the death and possible militant martyrdom of Stormfront, an excellent build up to the next show. Five Bulletproof Butchers out of five. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. The reactionaries, we, we kind of talked about that, that there is a whole group of people that were following Stormfront's, uh, ideals. So, um, so they're starting to get, uh, I guess agitated, uh, towards Homelander now by his speech. So, uh, very interesting. Um, Coffee Vodka says number three was a bit of a drop of an episode. Didn't check the credits, but it felt like an entirely different writing team took this one on without taking any notes from the writers of the previous two episodes. Character tones were different, with inexplicable plot swings such as Buster unnecessarily abandoning the kid and Homelander's going from off the vault chain to diving into petty inter-team politics. And it was clear that Grace never had any control over Soldier Boy's appearance and never saw any weapons of superhero destruction. There was no reason for the team's negative reaction. Like the scripture said, place drama here. In short, a bit of a meandering mess, which I hope it can come back from. Three squid games out of five. Oh, I like that one too. Uh, peace and take care, coffee and vodka. I'm liking your ratings this week, coffee and vodka. That was, that, that, they're all very impressive, all very impressive. Especially um, in squid games. Yes, I like it, I like it. I like it there there is there are some reasons and I'm just not too sure whether the dialogue that was that was presented allows them to come across well enough you know effectively Butcher is blaming Mallory for the death of Becca because he didn't get the information from Mallory in the past if he'd known this information that there was a possible easy way to take out Homelander, maybe he could have he could have stopped it from happening you know that's that's what he believes maybe Homelander could have been stopped way before he got to the point um that he's killing off other people um so that's his side of it. We hear from MM as well that um, that she was involved in distributing drugs to black communities and uh, and other communities throughout uh, throughout the country. Um, that has gotten him um, completely messed up. And also, we know because Soldier Boy is the person that killed his father or his family. Um, effectively this is going to cause him major problems as well so i can see why the group turn on mallory but maybe just the way it was delivered in dialogue probably uh, may, may not have come along well enough
2: no and i, I do think what they'll do is it will be explored more in the future i think i think, Absolutely. I think yeah. like we saw more about this how soldier boy being involved in mother milk's family's death mm-hmm. uh, and like and how his dad became obsessed with soldier boy um exactly. again kind of we're starting to get those threads that causes his ocd that causes him to uh, potentially lash out at the smoke alarm um mm-hmm. and yeah like it, it i think there's going to be subtle aspects and i think then we're, we are used to um Slaps in the face when it comes to the boys. It's kind of mm-hmm. very visceral in your face. So I think there is definitely some nuances coming, kind of being talked through here in the narrative. Yeah. Because if you missed, um, Timothy, if you missed that, the it was the same octopus. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, oh, but yeah. he didn't call <laughs> Timothy out in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of, it looked, it's an octopus. But then he was like, no, it's like, there, there's definitely, Blinking, you'll miss a continuity here. And well, I, but yeah. I think more of it will come throughout the, the season.
3: Good
0: stuff, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for your thoughts uh, so far on the first three episodes of The Boys. You can still email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group uh, to share your thoughts, if you want to, uh, about the first three episodes. We'll be back next week with our chat about The Boys Season 3, Episode 4, Glorious Five-Year Plan uh, on TV Podcast Industries. Make sure you subscribe to TV Podcast Industries at Tv Yes and I've please said, I've said the name f- of our podcast enough there, Chris, didn't I?
2: I think you did. But <laughs> if you are subscribing um, on any of the platforms, please make sure consider giving us a rating, a five star rating, because it does help a lot with the discovery and all those things. So if you're on Spotify, if you're on iTunes, you're on any podcast catcher, hit the old five stars and just give us a bit of a like and a rating and a review to help spread the good word. Like Derek said, we will be back for episode four next week, but we will also be back next week with the first episode of Miss Marvel Mm
0: -hmm. coming
2: on Disney Plus.
0: Yes, looking forward to Miss Marvel. The, the, the premiere has been on this week. There has been lots of interviews um, with the the lead actress and the cast. Um, so I'm really interested to to dive into uh, Miss Marvel again. Another different uh, show from from Marvel and Disney Plus. So looking forward to that. Yep, yeah,
2: it's going to be good, and we'll be back later this month as well with Umbrella Academy season three. It is going to be a packed June and July. So mm-hmm. make sure you're subscribed, and we'll see you next week for Boys episode four.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep fighting. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.